From the American Tobacco Historic District in downtown Durham, this is Due South on WUNC. I'm Jeff Tabiri. Later this hour, you will hear the remarkable story of Arthur Lee Cofield, who built billionaires using just a cell phone and an entrepreneurial spirit. And he raked in, ultimately, we know of more than $15 million, but almost certainly um, investigators think it could have been twice that. Oh, by the way, Arthur Lee Cofield conducted his ruse from behind bars. We'll speak with journalist Charles Bethay. First this hour, Medicaid expansion. This week, Medicaid expansion officially launches in North Carolina. And it's a battle that has been years in the making. There are currently close to 3 million Medicaid recipients in our state. Finally signed into law in March, but it then faced even more hurdles. A provision in the state budget delayed the rollout several months. And the expansion means more than 600,000 people will now have access to health care. On Friday, North Carolina will join 39 other states when it expands the hybrid federal and state program that provides health coverage to people living with low incomes and some with disabilities. Reminder, Medicaid is not Medicare, which is the strictly federal health care program for people over the age of 65. Jamie Baxley is a reporter with North Carolina Health News and is here to help us better understand expansion and its many facets. Jamie, welcome to Do South. Hi, glad to be here, Jeff. Glad to have you. There are currently more than 2 million people in our state who receive health care through Medicaid. That's about 20% of the population. How many more people will become eligible on December 1st? So 600,000 people will become newly eligible for Medicaid once expansion goes live. About 300,000 of those people will be automatically enrolled in uh, full Medicaid coverage. Those people are currently in a program called Family Planning Medicaid. Uh, that's a limited coverage program for reproductive health services. The other 300,000, they're going to have to go through the enrollment process. They'll apply through either local DSS office or through the state's ePass website. But 600,000 is the estimated number. That's certainly a big number. We're going to chat a little bit more about implementation and some of those steps here in a few moments. Uh, tell us what the changes are to eligibility. Well, the income threshold has been changed, and that's going to uh, open up eligibility to to a lot of uh, folks who didn't qualify before, uh, especially single adults. Um, that's a population that was effectively ineligible for coverage before expansion. So um, now, uh, you know, a person, a family of one, would uh, would qualify if, if that person earns less than twenty thousand a year. Under the current rule, where we're at 100% of the federal poverty level instead of 138, it would be 14,580. Okay, so the new eligibility, uh, it moves to 138% of the federal poverty level. Uh, one way to think about it, a family of four would qualify for Medicaid if their annual income is less than $41,400, not, candidly, a lot of money. Let's back up and widen the lens for a moment. The Affordable Care Act, a.k.a. Obamacare, was passed in 2010, and the first round of states expanded Medicaid in 2014. At that time, 26 states did so. North Carolina was a holdout, and I'm, I'm going to ask you to be brief here. It's a dangerous question, but why did it take years for expansion to come about? Why did Republican legislative leaders finally change course in this state? Well, there was money. I mean, there, there was money on the table this time. Uh, there, there were uh, there were federal incentives that came along with passing and span expansion. And um, I, I think that sort of persuaded uh, a lot of holdouts in the legislature to finally kind of come around. 
that further incentive from the Biden administration, a $1.5 billion signing bonus. So uh, eventually everybody gets on board and the governor signs into law a Medicaid expansion bill. That was eight months ago, however, I should note, at the end of March. Why is implementation just now taking effect at the beginning of December? It was the budget. See, the implementation of expansion uh, was kind of contingent on there being a budget enacted. And the negotiations over the budget stalled, and that kind of held up expansion. I know a lot of people, a lot of lawmakers were confident that a budget would be passed on schedule, and that would allow expansion to have taken effect months ago, but that didn't happen. So December 1st is sort of the earliest the Department of Health and Human Services can now uh, implement expansion. So, Jamie, there are people who will be newly eligible thanks to this Medicaid expansion. And then there are also folks who have uh, had a gap in their coverage. This is because of pandemic era services that have expired. And those folks who have come off of the Medicaid rolls uh, have come off in a process that's called unwinding. Can you take it from there for us? Sure thing. So during the first three years of the COVID-19 pandemic, um, there was a federal provision in place called the continuous coverage requirement that basically prevented states from kicking Medicaid participants off the rolls. Um, if you participate in Medicaid, you're ordinarily subject to a annual or sometimes semi-annual review process. That's to verify that you still meet the eligibility requirements. Uh, under the continuous coverage requirement, that didn't have to happen. Basically, you were just automatically re-enrolled each year. That expired alongside the end of the uh, federal public health emergency. And so now the state is in this process of redetermining the eligibility of everybody on Medicaid, basically. And that's being done in monthly batches. It's about 2.5 million people in the state who had not had to go through that sort of renewal process in three years. And a lot of these folks who have already been kicked off the rolls, this the state resumed terminations in June, um, would requalify for Medicaid once expansion goes into effect. And, and, and that's sort of important for people to know if they were notified that they no longer meet the eligibility requirements under the current criteria, they may become eligible again on Friday. We're discussing the ramifications of Medicaid expansion here on Due South. It begins in North Carolina on Friday, December the 1st. Jamie Baxley reports on rural health and Medicaid for North Carolina Health News. I do want to just note for kind of some Southern context here, Louisiana and Arkansas have expanded Medicaid. However, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee, South Carolina, Florida, and Texas continue to hold out and have not expanded. North Carolina is the 40th state to expand Medicaid. Uh, Jamie, in your reporting, you have focused some on Robeson County, where more than half of all residents are already on the Medicaid rolls. And uh, this expansion is going to uh, include additional people uh, getting coverage under Medicaid. What, what does Medicaid expansion mean for that southeastern county? Well, I think there especially, I mean, it's, it is one of the, if not the poorest county in the state. So a lot of people are going to become eligible once expansion takes effect. And I mean, that's going to make a big difference in their lives. I mean, we know that rural counties like Robinson, there are all kinds of barriers to care and, and that will hopefully remove some of those barriers. And, um, and it's especially important for a county like Robinson, which um, um, according to the national sort of county health rankings, uh, report uh, has the poorest overall health of any county in the state. So, you know, you can imagine that that would hopefully make a big difference and in, in, in maybe sort of reversing that trend. 
Okay, so this is good news for Robeson County, but I, I still can't help but think about some of the hurdles that remain. There are healthcare deserts. There's, you know, what if there's a a, a woman who's pregnant, uh, but there's no OBGYN within 25 minutes? Or we have uh, folks who are living in some level of poverty in rural North Carolina, but they have transportation challenges. Talk to us a little bit about, okay, this is certainly a great step forward, but what are some of the significant hurdles that remain? Well, I think you, you just said it. I mean, access is going to be the main issue. Uh, Medicaid is only good if you have you know, access to a provider that accepts Medicaid. And there are a lot of places uh, where there just simply aren't enough providers for the, uh, for the population. Uh, let's talk about the actual implementation. You noted off the top that of the 600,000 people who now have eligibility under expansion, about 300,000 will automatically be enrolled. As for the, the other half or so of this group, what has to happen for them to land on the rolls? Well, they have to apply for Medicaid. They can do that by either visiting their uh, calling or visiting their local DSS office. Um, also, uh, they could use the state's online portal for Medicaid. That's um, ePass. That's available at epass.nc.gov. There's also the North Carolina Navigator Consortium. That's a federally funded organization that offers free consultation and support to people in need of health insurance. Um, there are navigators with the consortium who can help people sort of guide them through the application process. And the uh, consortium, uh, that's at uh, ncnavigator.net. Jamie, you're joining us from your house in Moore County. You cover rural health issues. You've spent a lot of time writing about Medicaid and Medicaid expansion. From your perspective, what constitutes a successful rollout of this expansion across the next few weeks or several months? I think really just just getting people on board, um, getting people. I think that there is um, obviously the estimate is, you know, 600,000 folks in the state will benefit from expansion, will have health insurance once expansion is or shortly after it's implemented. Um, but there has to be an awareness. I, I'm, you know, I don't know if everyone knows they may become eligible on Friday for, for Medicaid. And I think sort of getting that word out is probably uh, a key to the success of this so that everybody who gains eligibility can, can actually avail themselves of this. Healthcare is synonymous with rising costs and expensiveness here in, in 2023. There is perhaps no place more expensive to administer care than an emergency department. And we have seen in states that have expanded Medicaid a reduction of costs. And I'm curious if you have a sense of how expansion here is going to lessen the burden on emergency departments and in turn, if it's going to have any significant or notable impact uh, on healthcare costs and, and hospital costs. It, it is going to reduce some of the strain that emergency departments are seeing. I think that's just the option for a lot of people who lack health insurances. You know, they, they don't have access to primary care providers. So if they're having a health issue, they're probably, well, we've heard that they, uh, in many cases, will we'll just go to the ER. And having that access now will hopefully lessen that burden on, on emergency departments that are already, in many counties, just strained to their breaking point. Jamie Baxley is a reporter for North Carolina Health News. He writes predominantly about Medicaid and rural health. Jamie, thank you for joining us here on Do South. Thank you, Jeff. Just ahead, the story of Arthur Lee Cofield, an inmate in Georgia who pulled off an elaborate scam from behind bars. This is Do South on North Carolina Public Radio, WUNC.